everyone, welcome back. I'm Fran and this is The Notable Podcast. This week I'm talking to the chairman and the artistic director of Leicester Music Fest. Please introduce yourself. Hello Fran, I'm John Gull and I'm the chairman of the charity of uh, Leicester Music Fest. Uh, I am by nature a singer and pianist and organist and conductor and uh, teacher. I'm Roxanne Gull um, and I'm in fact married to John and uh, I am the artistic director of uh, Leicester Music Fest and have been since its inception in 2016 um, and I'm also a musician in Leicester and a teacher um, and I teach mostly organ and music theory um, and organ is my main instrument. Amazing. Cool. So, when, why and how did LMF, Leicester Music Fest, start? Well, in about 2016, um, a group of four music teachers, who also happened to be related, (laughs) um, we were all sitting around and really feeling a bit depressed about um, the way that since we were going through the system and learning music, um, compared to now... Um, opportunities have really diminished uh, for young people particularly to perform in front of an audience, get experience performing and making music with others and it can be really difficult if you're learning an instrument uh, to get any opportunity to do that now. So um, you know we'd come across this with our own pupils and being involved in music locally and we just wondered if we could do something small to try and uh, counteract that. Yeah, it's all about giving people opportunities to perform and get on stage and do their stuff in front of an audience, which is a really important part of, of becoming a musician, is is doing things in public. You know, um, we all practice at home and that's great. But as soon as you start playing or singing to um, an audience, either of friends or of strangers, you start to appreciate it's a very different kettle of fish to sitting at home practicing the piano or singing in the bath. You know, it's um, it, it's amazing what goes through your head when <laughs> so when you're watching an audience watching you. My uh, piano playing actually falls apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I just, I just, I it just does. Yeah, a lot of people get you know you get the shakes or um, I've heard people actually getting kind of note blindness. They're looking at the music and they're kind of black. Yeah. Their vision just blacks yeah. out because they're under stress and they just can't see. Anymore. I had like keyboard blindness (laughs) where I actually didn't know what octave I was in yeah and I was just looking going this doesn't look right and I is that middle C where's the C below that seems too far away yeah yeah. it's surprisingly common yeah yeah now a lot of um a lot of children learning an instrumental learning to sing often the only kind of performance experience they get regularly is taking exams yeah and that's a really artificial scenario and it's terribly dry that you know a, an exam in front of one person with a clipboard going yeah yeah so you've scored 20. now it's an ipad now yeah you are too but yeah but if you mess up in an exam you can come away feeling really disheartened and losing your motivation whereas you know when you've got a friendly audience there in a more realistic kind of warm performance situation that we're hoping to create at music fest you know you, we hope that it's a safe environment to make a mistake and that you know the audience can still enjoy it and you can still come away feeling positive about the whole thing 
and maybe the next one feels a bit less scary and the next one a bit less scary mm. and eventually it can become a really enjoyable part of your musical experience. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, please explain to our listeners what is Leicester Music Fest? So Leicester Music Fest is um, a charity, a registered charity now, which exists to widen access to music for people from all backgrounds. At the heart of Leicester Music Fest is our annual festival that we hold every February half term. Um, and this is a weekend packed with events. Uh, we've got um, competition performance platforms, workshops and masterclasses and concerts and these vary year to year but that's what we hold every February um, but the charity itself is a bit wider than that and we've got other projects on the go increasingly um, so we're both of those things really we're a charity and we're a festival nice um, one of the areas we're moving into as a charity is equipping schools um, with musical resources there's a plan to put in a forest gamelan instrument uh, into one or two primary schools in the in the city, it's great fun. The Forest Gamelan is basically made out of bits and bobs, but is tuned to a nice uh, pentatonic scale, so everything sounds nice all played together. And there are about twelve different instruments. Is it twelve or fifteen different instruments you can technically hit? I think uh, you'd have to say it's a percussion instrument. So it's basically a it's an instrument, but it's really a it's an outdoor music classroom. In yeah. the woods. It's yeah. in the woods. Somewhere so in the yeah. trees. It's kind of tapping into the whole forest school idea yeah. um, and outdoor education and that's all something that's, I think, is gaining popularity at the moment and it's it's come over from Scandinavia, really. And um, Obviously, Gamelan is not from Scandinavia. Though. No, so the um, John T. Noel, who we've been uh, speaking to about getting this off the ground, he's invented this forest Gamelan specific sort of classroom layout which he's uh, done at a couple of schools so far and um, he's the brains behind engineering this workshop out of um, found and natural materials and in a way that it's super child friendly and very easy to train teachers as well because that's really important because it's all very well for us to put something in do some workshops and that's all great but we want to train the in-house teachers at each school to be able to continue using this in their everyday learning ongoing yeah over mm. over years so that's the plan we're we're fundraising at the moment for that and um, hoping to get that off the ground um this year and next yeah and that's really following on the heels of some workshops we did in schools we sent um, a couple of professional musicians into schools a couple of years ago before covid uh, we did a performance at the festival of Carmina Burana with uh, a big chorus of, of kids from all sorts of places in Leicester and learn all that stuff. And it's all in really crazy Latin and um, not the easiest uh, of musical material to, to put in front of primary school kids. But they did a fantastic job and it was a really tremendous show, that wasn't it? Yeah, it was great fun. I think it's great because those kids would never have mm. come across that. Had it not, they would never have sung it. They yeah. would never have listened to it. They yeah. would just anything. Yeah. Um, without Leicester Music Fest doing that, and which sure, is super yeah. cool. It's really weird though when you see you know sort of eight year old kid humming Carl Orff. You know, yeah. you think okay, yeah. yeah, we've had we've had an effect there. That's <laughs> yeah. weird. <laughs> and then yeah, kids are remarkably accepting. If you take the stuff into them with with confidence mm-hmm. and you say right, we're doing this, 
um, more often than not, they won't question it. They'll just get straight on board with it and yeah. Yeah. enjoy the experience. So I think after that, we had quite a lot of feedback that maybe we could do more beyond the festival mm-hmm. um, and that you know there's quite good work we could do by thinking you know what can we do through the year what can we do to help schools um, maybe work with their own choirs or their own mm-hmm. um, music mm-hmm. classes yeah. so that's just got us thinking a bit wider and I think that's probably a direction we're going to go in more and more yeah. obviously the festival's always going to be that core yeah. event mm-hmm. But there's a lot more we can do and there's a lot more sort of half-baked ideas we've got that as we gain more momentum and more funding, hopefully, that's the hard bit, um, over the years we can do some more yeah. more work like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great because, I mean, I'm slightly biased, but Leicester Music Fest is such a... As you said, you've, you've worked so hard to create a welcoming space, mm. you know, a welcoming space to perform, to learn, to experience. And I think... Like for the coming of Rana, for instance, yeah. those kids, if, if a super high class professional ensemble had gone in and been like, okay, we're going to sing this and this really over the top, it probably just would have been slightly overwhelming and yeah, just gone over their heads. Gone over not, their heads. not notice it's happened. No, yeah. whereas this was a kind yeah. of, you know, we want you to, like, you're in a learning environment where mm. you're learning this and the whole experience is mm. supposed, you're meant to take it in, and I think. I mean, I hope a lot of them did, mm. but I think it was a nice environment for them to do that in. Yeah, and um, the other thing, we, we put on Dido and Aeneas, uh, uh, sort of semi-staged opera uh, from the Baroque period by Henry Purcell, with a string quartet, harpsichord, and some of the University Chamber Choir, and some children from English Martyrs School Choir. Um, Which again, is where the festival's held. Yeah, that's right. The fantastic uh, facilities. They have a, a superb auditorium. At English Modern School seats about 400 people and it's just a really kind of zen space Beautiful. for doing music in um, and we had you know fantastic soloists Aeneas was James Newby who's you know he's on Radio 3 the whole time these days um, he was fantastic and the well the whole cast were great our professional soloists but it was just wonderful to see the kids involved in that you know they'd learnt from memory a bunch of choruses um, of Purcell you know it's just it's just such a, a privilege to see kids enjoying music and and know that you know we've been part of making that mm. possible or putting it on and, and saying you can do this mm. you know it's not something you have to go to Glyndebourne or you have to go yeah. to the Coliseum to see this opera you can do it here yeah and there, it's also such a great opera it was cool like yeah. it's not it's you know when you if you say a kid they say to a kid, like, have you listened to any Baroque music? They'd be like, no, what's that? Yeah. Like, no, it's old. <laughs> Whereas, like, if you'd have shown them just the music yeah. and they learnt it, you know, a lot of them were like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, it can be. <laughs> it was amazing to watch them enjoy, you know, just see how enthusiastic they were about it all. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What a thing. So, has it developed, has the festival or the charity as a whole developed as you envisioned? Or is there anything that you just thought, we didn't expect it to go down this route, but we're going to run with it? Or We didn't expect the samosas to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> There's this wonderful lady in Leicester called Pip who makes the most delicious uh, vegetarian samosas. And we buy increasing hundreds of these every year. And the festival goers consume all of them, usually before time. It's amazing. We were thinking about making the samosa our sort of logo, but then... <laughs> That's unexpected. However, you know, the 
competitions that we started with have blossomed into all sorts of workshops and other opportunities for people to get involved. We've now added classical guitar. We added we added composition three years ago. And that's also been wonderful to see all these young people, and often it's young people, coming forward with compositions. And they're not just their sort of A-level or GCSE compositions. These are kids that are actually writing music because they can't help it, it seems. Yeah. Um, and that's really extraordinary. And, and again, it's such a privilege to be able to facilitate that and encourage that, give them a place where, well, in the case of the winner, they get their piece performed by a professional group, which is quite a treat, I think, if you're a, 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 as a composer. Yeah. You know, it's all on paper, and you can get your Sibelius software or whatever to play it to you, but then it's quite a different thing to give it to some people who actually sing it or play it. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is a learning process, of course, because you find out that I didn't mean that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I wrote yeah. this in the score, and yes, I admit you have done that yeah. in the score, but I didn't actually mean that. So what you write matters, and that's a really good lesson as well. But... Yeah, I think a couple of surprises for me over the last couple of years. Um, one is, of course, we were never expecting that we would hold a festival online. And yeah. uh, when COVID hit, we had that, that difficult decision about, you know, do we just cancel this um, this year? Is it just a, a non-starter? Or do we try to do something with, you know, no matter what? And we pretty quickly decided we had to make something happen. Mm. And the very steep technological learning curve, I wouldn't say any of us are absolute sort of tech whizzes necessarily. We're not that kind of nerd. (laughs) And um, (laughs) it was quite tough in, in many ways. But what I was then so surprised by was the level of engagement with the online festival and the fact that, you know, in my heart of hearts, I didn't let on at the time, but I thought it might all be quite a depressing experience to to get all these um, recorded performances in and then kind of to, to sit there when the whole purpose of the festival is live performance and that, like, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, when we actually um, streamed it all and we could see that people were sitting around at home watching it... And, and we had commenting, And we had it up on the TV and it was all um, kind of... It was a watch party. It was a proper yeah, watch party, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, and all the feedback we had, particularly from parents, I think, of... Um, of young people that were taking part afterwards saying how important it had been to have something to aim towards that was actually happening. Um, that was a real surprise to me how um, good it all felt and how authentic it actually felt despite yeah. being recorded. Um, so that was a big uh, surprise for me. And then just the some of the numbers, like this year, the level of participation in the singing particularly has just gone up enormously to the extent that we've had to create two whole new classes just to accommodate the enormous numbers of people applying. So um, I don't think we... I think we always thought it would be quite a small thing. And now we find ourselves in a position where we want as many people as possible to have opportunities, but we worry about, you know, how can we actually expand this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're all volunteers, um, and it's every year it's, it's a bit of a you know, a crunch to get it all done. And um, I suppose we're trying to think creatively, how can we sort of keep meeting demand, but yeah. also not overreach yeah. with what's possible. That's true. I think, that for me, the hardest email I've had to answer this year was, uh, well, it was, a, it was a comment, I think, on a Facebook post or something we put up, you know, hey, come to the festival. We're doing this, that and the other for singing. 
piano, organ, classical guitar and composition. And somebody quite reasonably put up, hey, what about woodwind? What about brass and strings? What are you going to do for that? Mm. And of course, we would love to be able to do the whole, you know, the, the whole gamut of musical instruments. Um, we'd love to have a woodwind festival. We'd love to do the brass and everything. But given our sort of uh, personnel resources and, and, you know, just the cash we've got to play with, which is a very small little pot, there's no way we could do that yet. However, you know, we, we do seem to be attracting support. Other charities have given us money. People have been exceedingly generous. I mean, one guy gave us just £5,000. Just so he said, this is a really great project. How much do you need for next year? And I said, well, £5,000. He went, OK. And so, you know, <laughs> he just wrote a cheque. Um, and that's fantastic. And you know, it would that there were more angel investors like that um, because we could expand, we could cover more um and we could you know we need more people to do it we need more money we need more space we couldn't do it all in the same weekend yeah, of course you'd yeah. have to spread it out throughout the year but that'd be awesome if uh, if we could get it all going it's, it's already a sort of minute bit of mathematics to try and fit the amount of events we have into one weekend in the rooms available and requires endless yeah yeah frankly remarkable the timetabling um we had a sort of computer whiz uh who's very good with sort of timetabling software and everything and he looked at the timetabling and assumed it had been done by a computer and his mouth his jaw hit the floor when it was revealed that no our computer is actually roxy yeah she yeah. sits there and like she sort of locks herself away for about a day and then comes back and goes, here's the timetable, don't ask me anything more about it yeah. because this yeah. works and nothing else will. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. But if people want to donate, where can they go? Our website, www.lestermusicfest.com. If you go to our Support Us page, uh, you'll see a lot of ways you can help the festival, some of them financial um, there's a PayPal button to make one-off donations. You can sign up to be an annual friend or patron. Yeah. And um, there's also, of course, lots of non-financial ways you can help. Um, there's We have lots of need for uh, volunteers and for... Stewards. Yeah, all scribes. Sorts of things like that. And just yeah. general administrational help of all kinds. So mm. um, we're always really delighted to hear from anyone that wants to help, even if you're not sure how. Yeah, yeah. Um, just get in touch and um, there's lots of contact details on, on mm. there. It's quite easy to reach us. Yeah. Some people um, have been very generous uh, with money and uh, other people have had a little hunt in their attic and found instruments yes. that they have no longer uh, any use for and um, have offered those to Music Fest and we had a few of these offers and we thought we need a scheme for this so we've it's uh, such a genius scheme <laughs> we've come up with rehome an instrument uh which is a way of finding a, a new home for an instrument that's gathering dust in your loft or whatever um and so far we've been able to give a number of pian- pianos and organs and there's a cello in fact there's two cellos in the pipeline now um, ukulele don't forget the ukulele don't forget the ukulele yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which go on a sort of five year long-term loan to a student who hasn't got an instrument who needs something and that's just that's a really nice part of our job running this charity is rocking up at someone's door and handing over a cello and go 
there you go. Have it. Enjoy this. Yeah. 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 No strings attached. Nothing to pay. Well, Just... I would hope there are strings attached. And but well, if anyone out there has an instrument gathering dust or yep. needs an instrument, yep. then you both. can head to We need both. both. We, we need both. both. Yep. Yeah, you need people to give and you also need people to, That's to right. use. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then you you can find the details for that on the website. You can. And no instrument too small or indeed too large. I mean, if you have, um, if you're a church and you've got an organ you want to give away, not a pipe organ, probably. not a pipe it's organ, a, probably a digital. Yeah, yeah. We can almost certainly find a home for it. We have. Um, I mean, Roxy teaches a lot of organ students. I teach a few, um, but access to organs is quite difficult for young people these days. They can't get into churches. Yeah. If they're under eighteen, the church may say, well, no, you're not allowed into church unless you've got an adult supervisor. Mm-hmm. And that can be a real nightmare for if for a young organist who wants to just, you know, do an hour's practice or two or three hours practice every week. Uh, it's really difficult. So if we can get an organ into that person's home, that makes a big difference. And you yeah. can, you know, because we're running out of organists, frankly. Yes. Organists are dying off. It's a terrible thing. And people might think, <laughs> oh, well... No, no one listens to organists. Like, well, if you yeah. go to any sort of church, there's probably an organist there, That's right. and you probably listen to it, at, hear an organ, at, you know, once a week. You know. Yeah. So. And well, actually, think about your wedding. That's, that's you know, you go to a nice yeah. wedding. You want a decent organist. Yeah. You go to a graduation ceremony. You want an organist. It's in a big cathedral, or it's yeah. in like De Montfort Hall. You need an organist. Yeah. Lots of things you need organists for. I think it's one of those. Niche instruments that people don't really think about, but it's always kind of there. Yeah, it's a kind of big niche, isn't it? Yeah. It takes up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. But if you've got a spare organ, we'd love to take it. Yes. Um, yeah. Ditto, pianos and strings and brass, woodwind, Which, percussion, yes. anything. We'll take any instrument and be able to find a really grateful home for it. So, yeah, please. And on please the website, get... there's um, there's a form uh, that you can fill in to donate an instrument and there's a form you can fill in to apply for an instrument. Um, so either way, whatever you're offering or looking for, um, just submit it and we'll contact you and go from there. Yeah. Mm. What can we expect from this year's Leicester Music Fest? Give us the rundown. Well, we have our usual, all of our usual competitions, um, including, as I mentioned, the two extra uh, singing classes. Uh, so you can come along, anyone can come along, by the way, and be audience for our competitions because they run like a concert is the idea. So um, you can absolutely fill your weekend listening to um, music of all um, all levels and all different instruments. So we've got piano competitions, organ competitions, uh, singing in both um, sort of, we've got our arts on category, which is sort of classical, and we've got stage and screen, um, which... Musical theatre, yeah. musical theatre, film, all that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, the fun stuff. Mm. <laughs> and we've got classical guitar as well, which includes uh, G5, which is our big uh, competition for conservatoire level guitarists. And every year we just see fantastic standards from them and they're really superb yeah. to listen to. So It's a very wide pool as well. That's our advanced guitar recital competition is a £500 prize which actually attracts interest from all over the UK. I mean, last year the winner was in Scotland. Um, we've had applications from as far afield as Poland. Um, um, and, yeah, there are, I think there are about a dozen in the semi-final, which is all done by a video submission. Four, 
Four finalists. Yeah, four Lounge, finalists, yeah. Uh, which is on the Saturday, the 12th of February this year, which will be a fantastic concert, actually. They are four absolutely exquisite guitarists um, all competing for this 500 quid. And, um, and even if you... It's the audience that's the winner, really, because it's... Yeah. You know, what a competition. And it, even if you think you like have never heard classical guitar before, you don't really know what it is... Um, I would just really recommend mm-hmm. taking a punt on this one and just turning up. It's 6pm on Saturday the 12th of February and it'll just be a fantastic um, concert of guitar music mm-hmm. and m- might just introduce you to a new passion. Yeah. 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 But obviously it's not uh, only the guitar competition, that guitar competition has done the semi-final where it's... Um, video submission. Video submission. Yeah, Whereas yeah. all the others, all the others, it's in person. Live, yeah. So yeah. you can watch everything That's right. live. Yeah. yeah. The singing competitions are quite exciting because you get like a dozen singers. We've got uh, professional pianists uh, accompanying all of them, and <laughs> you know, just it can make just a great, uh, a really nice sort of mini concert to attend because yes. you know, say you're really into <clears throat> your musical theatre. Um, well, we've got um, even just the advanced classes. We've got three advanced classes for musical theatre this year and um, we've got beginner and intermediate classes as well. If you're uh, really into musical theatre you could come and hear um, several classes each of 10 or 12 different songs across a massive range of uh, musical theatre genres and just Mm. uh, the programme will be released in advance so you can go on the website and think oh I love those songs I'd really like to listen to those Um, or I love my art song and leader and I can see there's a lot of those in that class I'm just going to pop in yeah. pop into this pop into that and make a day of it so it's really very much aimed at the audience as well as uh, the performers so if people come to this year's 2022 Leicester Music Fest and they go to some of the classes and they think wow I want to do this next year how can they get involved and compete at Leicester Music Fest? they have to get there first actually mm. the competition entry period starts uh, well we'll start this year in September for next year's festival 2023 um, we give people about six weeks to get their entries in and it's a sort of first come first served basis this year that has created um, a tiny problem because too many people wanted to apply so we've had to expand and uh, put on a couple of extra classes so we don't like to turn anyone away obviously but um, if you can get in first that'd be good the competitions are great fun for the audience as well because uh, you don't just get to watch uh, people sing their song and compete, but there's also the adjudication. So we've got professional um, performing musicians um, who are you know they're in the middle of their career basically. We try not to employ people who are at the end of their career, which is often the way with festivals and competitions. You tend to get a slightly older demographic judging. Uh, we've always made a point of of having current performing musicians uh, do our judging for us. And uh, basically, Simon, Simon Cowell is not invited. <laughs> it's not like that. And a, a lot of audience members have said over the years how much they've enjoyed watching the critique at the end because they, they justify their decision. They talk about each performance and say what was good about it, what could be improved... And that is a fantastic learning opportunity, both for the singers or the players involved in the competition itself, but also for the audience sitting there thinking, oh, I see now, well, that's why that one wins yeah. and this one is less well thought of. And it's, you know, it's a really fascinating 
experience, I think, for, for the audience, isn't and it? You absolutely don't have to be a musician to get a lot out of that and to, for it to really improve your insight when you're listening to music and when you're appreciating music, um, to be able to kind of understand some of the thought processes behind it. And I think with um, with the adjudicators being, you know, they're always professional musicians in the midst of their working lives. Um, they've got a level of empathy with mm. um, with the performers on the day because they know what it's like to be up there on stage. They've often been in competition scenarios themselves um, and that's not a million years ago perhaps that they were doing that. It's often the weekend before actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, you know I think they're able to get across that um, that empathy that even though maybe they're operating at the highest level and they're winning international competitions um, and things like that um, they you know everyone's still in the same position ultimately of having to put themselves out there on stage in front of an audience and everyone that does that knows that it's hard and um, you know really deserves mm. um, appreciating yeah. yeah but if anybody is thinking ah. Oh, I wish I could get involved this year, but obviously the deadline for competitions has already been and gone. That closed in December. But if they still want to go, they can still sign up for masterclasses and workshops. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And they can still get concert tickets as well. So yes. there's still enough to do to occupy a whole weekend if you want to. Um, so you can head over to the website uh, now and sign up for um, any of our workshops and masterclasses. We've got um, we've got things suitable both for sort of specific instrumentalists and for general interest as well. So yeah, specific instrumentals. Then we've got piano masterclass this time for beginner and intermediate pianists with John T. Noll, which is going to be a fascinating look at um, sort of early to middle grade piano playing. There's a pipe organ masterclass with Richard Moore, who's our organ chap, who's coming from Guildford Cathedral. Uh, working with some organists, talking about repertoire and technique and, and so on. And Roxy, yeah, what else have we got workshop-wise? Uh, workshop-wise, so those, the uh, the piano and organ are um, basically open to applications by the 31st of January um, from people who actually want to play in that masterclass. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go along and display your piano skills and get some really helpful feedback in a friendly environment uh, for either for piano or for organ... You can sign up and say, I want to play in this masterclass. Uh, and then we will select in early February people to give us a balanced programme. H- having said that, anybody, um, pianist, organist, or just member of the public, uh, general interest, anybody can be an audience member at those masterclasses. Mm. So you can still sign up all the way up to the festival day um, just to come along and watch and listen to all that feedback from the expert. In fact, you don't yeah. need to sign up as a audience member if you're there at the festival you bought your day ticket or whatever you can um, go into those workshops or masterclasses free of charge so just go in yeah and that's true but then we also this year particularly we've tried to put some events on that are of interest to all musicians and even um, non-musicians who are just interested so we have alexander technique um, on the sunday do you want um, to explain quickly, briefly, yes. what Alexander Technique is for anyone that doesn't know? Because it just sounds like a technique in how to yeah. be someone called Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> so briefly, it's a technique Love invented it. by somebody called Alexander. Um, and it's it's basically um, a system for cultivating really efficient movement in your body. 
and uh, keeping the body aligned and relaxed. Good habits of posture. Alexander Technique's not only used by musicians, it's used by athletes and actors and all sorts of people who are interested in um, moving efficiently and using their body well. Um, so you can sign up to be part of that workshop. You don't need any musical experience at all um, and you don't need to have ever heard of Alexander Technique either because it's a very introductory workshop. Um, and we've got two sessions on for that, 12 o'clock and 1.30 on Sunday the 13th of February. And um, you can uh, you need to sign up for that in advance because it's limited spaces. Um, so again, head over to the website to do that. Um, and then on both days, we've actually got uh, a session on mindfulness for musicians. Um, nice. And again, this is quite introductory sort of take on mindfulness by a qualified mindfulness teacher. Um, and this is absolutely relevant for essentially anybody who just needs to cultivate a bit of calm and focus. And yeah. It's, I, mean, I think with COVID, a lot of musicians have obviously not been performing. Uh, and now, I'm, certainly I can speak for myself, and I know a lot of my colleagues are experiencing the same difficulty in readjusting to performing again and having to deal with people watching you. Mm-hmm. Um, and mindfulness is actually quite a big factor in, in performing. If you've got nerves, if your mind is racing, thinking about... What are they thinking? Or what am I having for tea? Or oh, is my finger incorrect? Are they going to notice that I'm sitting funny? Or you or know, why have I got note lines? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so mindfulness actually is a really good tool to help still the mind and enable you to keep focusing on the moment, on what you're doing right now. Um, I was speaking to someone earlier actually who, who was just talking about stage fright. Actually, he's a he's a uh, an actor and a musical theatre performer and he was saying he often gets to the end of a scene and can't remember any of it because he was literally thinking about what am I having for tea Um, and you know actually being in the moment a lot of people find it's a lot easier to do that when you're rehearsing when you're practicing at home you're focusing on bar 17 let's get bar 17 right you go into the concert hall and you don't know any bar numbers. You don't know anything anymore. It's just, oh, look, is not the lighting a bit weird? You know, <laughs> oh, oh, my shoes aren't polished. Or, you know, and um, so mindfulness is a really big, big factor in, in stilling the mind and making you a better performer, I think, keeping you on task. Yeah. I think the, um, the idea of mindfulness has become a lot more popular in recent years. And that COVID, certainly, people have been looking at ways to, you know, uh, look after their mental health and all that sort of thing. The word mindfulness doesn't always sound like it's going to be um, very practical, um, but actually uh, these guys putting this on Mindfulness Leicester, they're fantastic and it, you know, absolutely focused on kind of practical solutions um, yeah. to problems. And It's not as woke as it sounds. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to take all of it on. Uh, you know, there mm. might just be one thing that really, that really sticks with you. That's it, yeah. Yeah. I suppose if you do nothing else, uh, if you're thinking of, if you're in Leicester on the weekend of the 12th and 13th of February, come to the gala concert. Yes. That will be on Sunday the 13th at... 7.30. Thank you. And um, that the first half of that is singers and players. Uh, we've got the organists, the pianists, the guitarists, singers of all sorts, and the two competition uh, composition performances... Um, that's the first half and the second half is a recital given by Sean Dicker and Crystal Tunnicliffe 
who um, are sort of headlining the Oxford Leader uh, Festival and they're fantastic. Taking the classical world by storm. They really are. And Sean is, is an amazing, amazing singer um, with Crystal, who's actually doing some of our piano adjudicating as well and singing adjudicating. Uh, two superb professionals at the top of their game. Winning um, competitions as a duo all over the place. That's right. Absolutely fantastic. So they're giving a lovely recital to which will be the, the, the final event of the festival. Um, there's some Britain folk songs, some Wolf leader, and finishing off with a few Britain cabaret songs, which will be, I'm sure, in Sean Crystal's hands, absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. so do come to that gala concert. It's a great, great show to, to wind up the festival. Yeah, and you get a, you get a different... Uh, professional every year so there's it's not you know it might not necessarily always be there's always going to be something different that yeah. people can come along and experience Absolutely. yeah and then um, the, the aim is that whoever does that recital that they'll be of a superb standard but there'll also be people that the young musicians who perform during the weekend can really relate to and think maybe I could be like that yeah and you know Sean and Crystal um, they're fantastic but they're also two you know lovely bubbly warm personalities and you know uh, young um, professional artists and hopefully can inspire all of those young musicians that have taken part to think um, this could be for me you know how do I get to be like them yeah 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 it's inspiring yeah. yeah of course one treat you can look forward to if you come to the festival this year there's a good chance you'll bump into Fran who um, has very kindly done our publicity for the last couple of festivals. And Fran, you're an absolute trooper and oh, star. And we're, yes. we're very fond of you and very, very grateful for everything you've done for us. Fran is part of our, our team. And it's quite a small team that, that organises and runs the, the charity and the festival. And um, we're all great friends and uh, we're very lucky to have you, Fran. Oh, thank you. So thanks. It's a pleasage. I love, I love it. I really do. I love yeah. being the publicity sec. Oh. I like putting something out there and getting people involved yeah. and finding different ways to do that, like my podcast. Yeah. Um, every, every year we all on, on the team uh, think, gosh, this is so much work getting it all ready and always about a week before we think, is it really worth it all? Because it's taking an unbelievable amount of time and energy to do, which we're all trying to fit alongside full-time jobs. Um, and then the festival happens and every single time we come away thinking, you know, oh my God, that totally justified itself. Can't um, wait to do it next year. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to do it yeah. next year. What yeah. do we do next year? Should yeah. we do something bigger? Should we do something yeah. more ambitious? Mm. And um, just seeing it happen and seeing people turn up and um, just get involved in music making is enough justification in itself. Yeah. Uh, if you come along to the festival and you want to speak to someone, just have a chat or get to know us better or ask a question. Um, the trustees of the festival, so um, those are the people who are ultimately responsible for the charity. Uh, there are five of us and we will all be wearing a charming lanyard saying who we are. Mm. Um, and we, um, when we're not doing something else like accompanying and rushing about like headless chickens. Serving samosas. <laughs> yep. Eating um, samosas. We actually... Telling people about samosas. <laughs> When we're not eating samosas, or while we're eating samosas, um, we like nothing more than to talk to people um, mm. coming along and find out more about, about them and, and talk to them about the festival. So please do approach us. Um, you'll also see a, a crowd of helpful, friendly people in green T-shirts. And they are our wonderful volunteer team. And they make all the nuts and bolts run on the day. So that's cafe, uh, front of house, 
um, stewarding, helping the adjudicators out, all those kind of things. Signage. And they're always happy to help as well. So please do feel that you can come and chat to anybody. It is like the most warm, friendly festival I've ever known. So I think anybody would have a great time. Oh, it's nice. I mean, the, the central heating is, is good. It's quite a warm chilly. morning. It's a warm space. Yeah, no, the auditorium can be a bit chilly, but um, yeah, no, it, we try to. We, we're glad. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Fran. That the welcome seems to be warm, and it is a friendly space. And that's always what we've set out to be. Really, is a safe and friendly space for musicians to meet and enjoy each other's performances, and you know, for us to celebrate this wonderful art. That we're all part of, and um, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's nice that it's not stressy because <laughs> so much of music is quite stressy, and yeah. this this really doesn't need to. And be. I think we we have to admit that there's been a bit of um there's a bit of a reputation, a bit of a culture, in particularly classical music, um for it being a little bit snobby or a bit intimidating or sort of difficult to relate to, and and also uh quite expensive. Yes, a lot absolutely. Of, it's a lot. A lot of people just can't afford it. Yeah. A bit elitist, frankly. Yeah. And um, one thing that, you know, when we very first started all this, we absolutely wanted to do was just try and work against that. Yeah. Um, and say, no, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, you can enjoy this. This is for you. It's, it's for everybody. And, um, you know, one thing we've done is just try to keep it all very affordable and subsidise everything as much as we humanly can. So um, everything is free for under-19s. If you came to absolutely everything in the festival over the weekend as a, an adult audience member, you couldn't pay more than £12 total. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the limit. That's amazing. Yeah. Go Leicester Music Fest. Woo! Woo. Yeah. Okay, so to round it off, I have some quick fire questions. Uh oh. One or the other, first thing, you know, first answer that comes to your head. Okay. What would you rather, workshop or a masterclass? If you're uh, nuts about piano or organ, go to the masterclass. True. If you've got general interest uh, in music and performance and just feeling feeling cool, then go to Alexander Technique or Mindfulness Workshops. Good. Okay. Good answer. Next, <laughs> would you rather judge or be judged? Ooh. Ooh, having done both, I would definitely rather be judged. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, uh, you, you, yeah, you don't have to worry about anything if you're being judged. Someone's made a decision and gives you criticism about your playing or your singing, and that's fine. Um, having been an adjudicator, I, it's terrifying because you know the parents are there. And the kids will be like really wounded if you say nasty things. So you have to try and be diplomatic and also be helpful and be constructive. You don't just want to go, yeah, it was all great because that's really annoying. Um, and so, you just got to write really quickly. That's the, my main objection. Yeah, adjudicate it. It's really hard on the wrist, actually, if you're writing. It's exhausting. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Art song, stage and screen. Oh, that's a toughie. <clears throat> I like both. Uh, as a pianist... I kind of have a slight preference for art song because mm. you get all of the notes in front of you and you're expected to play them all. That can be difficult, but at least they're all there. With stage and screen, sometimes it's like, yeah, use this chord list of chords <laughs> and just make it up and have a rhythm that kind of goes a bit like this, but not exactly that. Yeah. What you often get as a pianist with stage and screen is that the singer comes along, 
and says, yeah, I see your piano part there. Can, can, you, can you play that, but not that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's <said>, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, art song, slightly. Cool. Okay. Favourite composer? Uh, it's probably got to be Herbert Howells for me. Uh, as I'm a choral and organ person, can't beat him for choral and organ music and some fantastic orchestral music and lovely songs, so can't go wrong. Okay, nice. Nice choice. Oh, it's difficult. Um, okay, as an organist, I like Bach. Uh, as a singer, I like Schubert. Um, as a trumpet player, I enjoy Haydn. Um, and I don't know. It just depends. It depends, depends. what it is, yeah. yeah. depends what your mood is, yeah. I hate it when people ask me that question because I actually don't know. Mm. I don't really have an answer for myself. And it doesn't have to be art music. I mean, Kate Bush, well, kind of is art music, but... It's true, yeah. Yeah. Three words to describe Leicester Music Fest. Perform, educate, inspire. <laughs> I, hoped, I hoped someone would say that. So those... You've confirmed before the <laughs> This is unfair. <laughs> So that is Leicester Music Fest's motto, mm. perform, educate, inspire, which yeah. we came up with that right at the beginning, along with the tree logo yeah. back in 2016, sitting around um, mm. with uh, Avalon and Jonathan, the um, other two original trustees. I, I don't know, it just all came to us suddenly. Mm. And um, that was that, wrote it down. Here we are. And it's yeah. not just empty words, actually. We try to live up to that every year. Perform, educate, inspire is what we hope for instance all of our adjudicators to be able to do Mm -hmm. and that is their brief really because we often get them to perform um so whoever's in the gala concert at the end the the, this great headline event to finish off the festival that will be an opportunity for the people that have been in the competitions all weekend and have been judged by this person to then sit there in the audience and watch them do it. You yeah, know? yeah. And that is, that's the perform bit. It's also the inspire bit. And of course the educators, well, by watching someone do it, you're, you're getting an education, but also you're getting them their their wisdom as part of the, uh, the adjudication process in the competition. So. Yeah. And it also, that motto kind of inspired the structure of the festival because right mm-hmm. at the beginning we said, yeah. well... What you know? What do we want to maybe do differently um, to some festivals? And you know, it's the competitions are great, but by themselves, we didn't feel like they sort of answered the whole remit of what we were trying to do. And we thought the competitions would be much more meaningful alongside um, events that are directly educational. That's how we arrived at the workshops and masterclasses, and then the opportunity to see professionals in action, and that's. That's the inspire. Yeah. So every single year we've had um, a split of competitions, workshops and masterclasses and concerts to answer those three nice. aspects. I was thinking in the car when I was coming up with my quick fire questions and I came <laughs> up with three words to describe that's the music fest. And then I was like, hang on, no, it is just perform, educate, inspire. <laughs> like that just those are the three words. Or it can be samosa, samosa, samosa. Yes. Well, so this well, I think you've kind of answered my last quick fire question, which was samosa or the tasty pasta salad. Oh no, no, yeah, so, no, the that's tasty hard, pasta salad. It? Yeah, no, yeah, that's escaped uh, comment so far because um, I don't know why, because it's very, very tasty. If, if no you... one's picked up 
The cafe is very good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the food, we, um, we realised early on we'd need to put food on at the festival because uh, keen beans that sign up for everything are there all day and there's not a great deal in the immediate uh, vicinity where you can go and get food. So um, it's all uh, run by volunteers, um, all homemade food and uh, it's all proper done food, to proper food, food hygiene, hygiene standards yeah. and everything. We've got certificates, all that. It's good food and it's very cheap delicious it's very very plentiful and you can stay there all day eating and drinking and making merry and chatting to your chums and new people that you meet um the cafe is really a nice sort of friendly heart of music fest it's the first bit that you come across when you you come in the in the building <clears throat> you come through the cafe to go to any of the competition rooms or the concerts or anything so um yeah. it's a good spot yeah. yeah if people have forgotten how to find leicester music fest they can go to www.lestermusicfest.com The Instagram for Leicester Music Fest is at Leicester Music Fest No it's not <laughs> <laughs> The Instagram for Leicester Music Fest is at Leicester underscore Music Fest and then Good. on Facebook do you, just you just search you just search Leicester Music Fest, Music Fest. Yeah. I don't really you know how to look do for the Facebook. tree you'll see a sort of friendly yeah. looking tree, yeah. 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 tree yeah. a tree with musical notes as the leaves that's us wonderful. Yeah. yeah so that yeah, is how it. you um, look into Leicester Music Fest to find all the your desired information mm. and yeah maybe we'll see you at the 2022 festival in February oh yes yeah 12th and 13th of February just yes. before Valentine's Day at English yes. Martyr School on Anstey Lane in Leicester yeah. Just off UK. the ring road. It's dead easy to get UK. to, actually. Um, just off the Leicester ring road, so quite easy to find. LE40FJ. She knows. <laughs> She's good. And there's ample parking. Yes, there is, yeah. For mm. once. I mean, it's nice to actually do something at a venue where you can say there's ample parking. <laughs> there really is. Yeah. Did we mention the cafe? <laughs> <laughs> the cafe's really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. I hope everybody has, their eyes have been open to how amazing Leicester Music Fest is and <laughs> instantly, the second this podcast ends, they go and Google Leicester Music Fest. <laughs> do it. Yeah, do it. Cool. Thanks, everyone. See you next month with another podcast episode. And that's me with John and Roxy from Leicester Music Fest. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.